Bills Talks podcast, where we talk NFL, fantasy football, and everything sports. We come here to get the most trustworthy, unbiased, and logical takes in all of sports. I am your host, Tyler Folsom. Buckle in and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the T-Force Talks podcast. This is episode 6 of season 1. We have a lot to talk about today between the World Series, a bunch of headlines going on in the NFL. Um, Before we get into all of that though, I'm going to go over the sponsored segment of this podcast. And the sponsor is Anchor FM. Anchor FM provides the best service to create your own podcast. You can record, edit, and publish your podcast professionally right on the Anchor FM website. The best part about it is Anchor FM distributes your podcast for you to a plethora of sources including Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Play. You can get Anchor FM today for free and start producing your own podcasts. Alright, and with that being said, we're going to get right into the headlines and get right into this episode. So first off, the Patriots lost against the Denver Broncos. Final score was 18-12. to It was a very sloppy game on either side of the either side uh, of the ball for the Patriots, and neither offenses looked very good. Um, I think the Patriots' main problem right now is their offensive line. Cam Newton had no time in the pocket. They had nothing really going in the passing game at all. Um, and I just, this Patriots team right now is looking shaky. But as long as Belichick is there coaching the team, um, I I would never count out the Patriots. I never will. I've learned that lesson along the years. It does feel a lot different, though, with Brady not on the team. You know, I feel like when we're in situations where we need points, I, I just, I'm not as confident and Cam Newton really bringing the ball down the field passing as I was with Tom Brady. And one of the surprising parts of this game was how little Julian Edelman was involved. Uh, if If we see week two and we go back to that versus the Seattle Seahawks, Julian Edelman was the number one guy and he was the number one weapon on this Patriots offense. He went off for 180 yards that game. Newton was throwing short passes to Edelman, deep passes to Edelman, intermediate routes. And for whatever reason, whether it's Edelman is hurt or maybe the lack of practice that the Patriots have had, Edelman isn't getting the touches and he's, he's not getting as many targets as we're used to seeing, which is weird. And as I just said, another part of the reason why I thought they lost is because of this whole COVID situation that's been going on in the locker room. The Patriots only practiced once over the entire two-week span that they had to prepare for the Tennessee... Sorry, that they had to prepare for the Denver Broncos. And as Belichick said after the game, you know, it's hard to expect a team to execute well when they really only had one day of practice. I know that excuses like that you know, don't always go, but when your head coach Bill Belichick is saying we need more practice, we need more practice, I feel like that is a valid excuse. Um, 
Hopefully the Patriots can turn things around. They're two and three on the season now, which is dropping them down to third in the AFC East. The Bills are in the lead at four and one, and then we have the Dolphins in second at three and three. Patriots are now third at two and three in the AFC East. Do I think we can turn it around? Yes. You know. It's a process. This is a new team. Obviously, Newton is new to the team. We lost so many different pieces on the defense. And the defense is actually performing pretty well for the circumstances of pretty much our entire defense leaving from last year. Um, I think I was I was uh, doing some studying on it earlier. We are fourth in the league in pass yards allowed. We are second in the league in rush yards allowed. Um, I think we have allowed the fewest points so far in the season for, uh, for our defense. So the defense is looking pretty good. They let up a few long balls to Tim Patrick, and we let up a good amount of rushing yards to Philip Lindsay. But uh, we did have some nice turnovers towards the end of the game, and we you know we kept giving the ball back to the Patriots' offense, and they just they couldn't do anything with it. Literally, Cam Newton is our entire offense. He had that 16-yard reception on the Philly special play. He had 74 yards rushing. And obviously, he had 160 yards, I think, passing. We need other weapons on this offense. It's so evident. If you're a Patriots fan watching this game, we have no weapons. Nikhil Harry's a bust. I don't even want to see him on the field anymore. I still can't believe that the Patriots are so bad at drafting wide receivers that we passed up on DK Metcalf and AJ Brown and selected Nikhil Harry instead. I don't know what they saw in Nikhil Harry. He looks slow. Uh, I, I'm telling my friends that when I watch Patriots games with them that it literally looks like Nikhil Harry is a tight end out there because of how slow he is and how non-agile he is. He doesn't have any moves after the catch. It seems like if he catches it, which he usually doesn't, he just gets tackled right then and there. He doesn't have any sort of agility, any moves, no speed. I just don't like Nikhil Harry. I don't want to see him be. I don't want to see him play. So, and the Patriots, they this week. Let's see who the Patriots are playing. I know in two weeks they're playing the Bills. This week they are playing the 49ers. Um, the 49ers actually looked really good last week, so that should be a good game. We're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo again. Um, it's not a guaranteed win against the Niners, although they haven't looked as good this year. They've been really decimated with injuries, but let's hope that the Patriots can get back on track because if we beat the 49ers and now the Bills have – sorry, the Bills have two losses. I said the Bill, that the Bills are 4-1. The Bills are 4-2 because they lost to the Chiefs as well as the Titans. Um, if the Patriots can win this game against the Niners and then beat the Bills, then they'll be in a good position in the AFC East. And then they have, so they have the Niners, Bills, Jets, Ravens, Texans, Cardinals. So a, a decent schedule coming up. I think the Patriots can turn things around, you know, get some practices under their belt, maybe get some linemen back healthy, maybe sign a receiver. And I think, I think the Patriots will be fine. I know I spent a little bit of time on that, but I thought there was a lot of worry about the Patriots, and I, I'm not too worried yet, especially because of all of the circumstances that the Patriots had to go through before that Broncos game.
Secondly, in the headlines, Dodgers versus Rays World Series. We saw a game seven for both sides of the AL East and sorry, the both sides of the ALCS and the NLCS. Um, we saw the Rays up three nothing, and the Astros coming all the way back to force a game seven. And Charlie Morton really secured the Rays that win in the Game 7. Charlie Morton, I now have heard that he is 4-0 in elimination games. So Charlie Morton is a clutch pitcher um, against that Astros team. So the, so the Rays make it to the World Series. And on the other side, it was Dodgers versus Braves. And the Dodgers came out victorious. Uh, I think the Dodgers were initially the favorite in the NL. But that acquisition of Mookie Betts really completes that lineup and completes that outfield. And the Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger duo is looking lethal. Uh, that should be a good series. The first game is scheduled for tonight, Tuesday night at 7. So that should be an interesting series. Um, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully it'll be a good series going until 7, until game 7. Um, next headline, the Chiefs sign Le'Veon Bell. I thought this was a surprise because I don't think the Chiefs needed Le'Veon Bell. They have a back with a very similar skill set in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I thought Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was producing pretty well. I think this was more of a power statement of by the Kansas City Chiefs to say, okay, we'll go ahead and we'll take advantage of this is probably one of the best running backs in the NFL. I know he didn't produce very well for the Jets, but what we saw Le'Veon Bell do for the Steelers, and we saw his raw talent, and I still think that is there in Le'Veon Bell. And this is a much better situation for Le'Veon Bell to be on the Chiefs than the god-awful Jets. Anybody on the Jets is in a bad situation. So good for Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is now a title contender. Anyone on the Chiefs is a title contender because I think the Chiefs are the favorite right now in the AFC um, I think it's close, though, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. For the backfield situation, you have Le'Veon Bell now. You have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think it's going to be a 50-50 split, maybe a little similar to how the Browns did it with Hunt and Chubb. I think they're both going to coexist in fantasy football and both put up pretty good numbers. Um, maybe it's maybe it's even better because you know one running back can give the other one a rest after maybe a a long series or a big run. So I think the Le'Veon Bell acquisition is a really, really good addition to the Chiefs roster. And lastly, there are three undefeated teams left in the NFL. The And they're all 5-0. and All three of these teams have had a bye already, and this is the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Tennessee Titans, and the Seattle Seahawks. And actually two of these undefeated teams are playing this week, which is going to be a great matchup. That is the Steelers versus Titans is happening this Sunday. If I were to predict out of these three teams, who is going to be undefeated the longest, I would go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they're the most complete team. Um, they have a very good defense. Very, very stout defense. That secondary led by led by Fitzpatrick, Micah Fitzpatrick in the safety position and they have a really good front led by Cameron Hayward. Uh, I think this is a really good Steelers defense and a Steelers offense that is 
back again led by Ben Roethlisberger. I think he's a possible comeback player of the year. He's been very good. He's been finding new chemistry with his new weapons and Deontay Johnson and rookie Chase Claypool and also Juju Schmitz-Schuster. Uh, they have a lot of weapons. James Conner's looking good in the backfield. Their offensive line is looking pretty solid. I think the Steelers right with the Kansas City Chiefs as the favor in the AFC. So that is it for the headlines. And now we're going to get into the fantasy football segment of this episode. So I'm going to be going over big performances, the booms of the week, the players that really were studs for your roster and probably gave you a win this week. So first off is Kenyon Drake, 167 rushing yards and two touchdowns. This was the come out game for Kenyon Drake. Um, he was really kind of bad earlier in the season. His biggest game was 60 yards and a touchdown before this, and we saw pretty big runs. I think he had a 20-yard run, a 25-yard run. Uh, he had a one-yard touchdown, and then he had that 68-yard touchdown that most people saw. So it's good to see Kenyon Drake performing very well again. Next up for huge performances is Derrick Henry. Um, he is an absolute beast. Derrick Henry is the best player in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, not best player in the NFL. I meant best running back in the NFL. Um, Derrick Henry, 264 total yards and two touchdowns. He had a 92-yard touchdown, and it, it is crazy. Someone that size can run that fast, and... Someone can throw people around with a stiff arm like Derrick Henry can. That man isn't human. That that is that is not a human. He, he the strength that he has, the stiff arm power that he has, the downfield speed that he has is unmatchable. I I've never seen anything like it. Um, Derrick Henry is an absolute beast. He's gonna lead the the league in rushing again, just like he did last year. He's gonna lead the r league in rushing again. Derrick Henry, huge performance. You can give him the crown. That is King Henry right there. Next huge performance, Justin Jefferson. Rookie receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. He had 166 yards, two touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. This is his second 30-point fantasy performance of the year. It's looking like Justin Jefferson was the breakout wide receiver that no one really knew about. We don't really see rookie wide receivers blow up this much. And now that Justin Jefferson has had three of his last four games, 100-plus yards, and he's in a good situation where the Vikings are usually going to be down. They're going to be trailing in games where they need to play catch-up. They need to play garbage time, throwing the ball a lot. Looks like Kirk Cousins is really throwing towards him a lot. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I think, is a top 10 receiver going forward. Another player that really did good was Julio Jones. He had 137 yards and two touchdowns. It's good to see Julio Jones back. He had a lower body injury that was nagging him for a while. He actually hadn't had a good performance since week one. And it's good to see Julio Jones back. Julio Jones is back to Julio Jones as your number one wide receiver on your fantasy team. Deshaun Watson... Had a big game as well, 335 yards and four touchdowns. 
people were saying that Bill O'Brien wasn't the best head coach. Bill O'Brien wasn't the best general manager. Made made bad trades. Made a really bad trade, in my opinion, uh, of trading probably a top three receiver in the league, if not the best receiver in the league, in DeAndre Hopkins. Traded him for David Johnson. That was a bad trade. Um, yeah, uh, Bill O'Brien got fired two weeks ago, and since then, Deshaun Watson has torched defenses. He torched the Jaguars last week, and this week he torched the Titans. Um, he didn't win, but Deshaun Watson, it feels like now that Bill O'Brien's gone, he really he's really letting it sling, and and that's probably probably better for Deshaun Watson that head coach Bill O'Brien is no longer there. In our last boom performance of the week, uh, George Kittle with 109 yards and a touchdown. Um, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey are in a world of their own when it comes to fantasy tight ends. They're by far the best two tight ends. They're consistent every week. A lot of catches, a lot of yards, and usually at least a touchdown. And that is it for huge performances of the week. And next, we are going to go for trade targets. These are people that haven't maybe put up the biggest numbers yet. I think these players that I'm going over um, have had maybe, whether it's a quiet first half of the season or maybe an injured first half of the season, but these players I think are going to blow up. Maybe fantasy owners are frustrated with these players, and I think these are players that you should go ahead and trade for. So trade for targets. First one I have, Tyler Lockett. Um, he had a really big beginning of the season. Uh, he he had a really big game. Uh, I think it was 100 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and then he also had a 67 yards and a touchdown and then 100 yards. So he had three big games at the beginning. However, his last two games were pretty poor. Tyler Lockett had 39 total yards receiving. And then he had... 44 total yards receiving and fantasy owners may be panicking a little bit about Tyler Lockett they may say oh no DK Metcalf is taking over um, this isn't good for Tyler Lockett I'm not worried at all I think Tyler Lockett is is the two number two receiver I wouldn't even call him a number two receiver I think DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are like 1A and 1B for receivers. Um, Lockett can run deep routes, intermediate routes. He runs a lot out of the slot. And and I think Russell Wilson still really trusts him. Um, the Seahawks are going to be in some tough matchups, some matchups where they're going to have to throw the ball a lot and they're not going to be they're not going to be leading a ton where they have to be running the ball. So I think Tyler Lockett's really going to turn around in a big way in these next coming weeks. My next trade for target is Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay has been solid so far. However, I, I think the best of Kenny Galladay is to come. He was hurt, banged up at the beginning of the season. He had two weeks where he was out, and then he had a week five bye, so he's only played three games. However, he's had 57 yards and a touchdown, 62 yards and a touchdown, and then 105 yards. 
he hasn't put up crazy numbers, but he's put up pretty solid numbers. And with County Galladay playing Atlanta this week, I think he's going to perform in a huge way. I would say 100 yards and multiple touchdowns. So Kenny Galladay is a player that you can go out and trade for. Kenny Galladay right now is a number 54 wide receiver. And I actually think by the end of the season, he'll be a top 10 receiver. So go out and get Kenny Galladay. Um, the last receiver I have on the trade for list is Devontae Adams. It's almost like people are forgetting about Devontae Adams. Um, he was the number two fantasy receiver last year, if I recall that correctly. Um, Devontae Adams had a huge first week. Uh, he had 156 yards and two touchdowns. And then week two, he only had 36 yards. And then he was hurt for two weeks. And then he had a bye. And then he came back against Tampa Bay and only had 61 yards. So you can see a trend where Devontae Adams isn't performing to where people drafted him for. So that makes fantasy owners a little discouraged, you know, maybe a little frustrated with Devontae Adams. He's still Devontae Adams. He's still Aaron Rodgers' number one target. Um, He's playing the Texans this week, which is probably going to be a shootout. I'm sure Devontae Adams will have a big week, so you can trade for Devontae Adams before he blows up. As you're going to see, this is kind of a trend of these players are good and they just haven't blown up yet with those receivers right there next up is Joe Mixon um, for some reason I don't think people still recognize that Joe Mixon is a top 10 running back um, Joe Mixon right now is sitting at number 11 running back however his numbers are really inflated by that one huge game he had against Jacksonville um, Joe Mixon has looked okay these last two weeks. However, I think Joe Mixon has a really good floor because of how much, how many rush attempts he's getting. He's getting 20-plus rush attempts a game, and he's getting around like four or five targets a game in the passing game. Whether the Bengals are losing games, whether they're tr- winning in games, trailing, it seems like Joe Mixon is getting his carries. So Joe Mixon has a very safe floor, and for that reason, I think he's a pretty good trade target. Next, we have Jonathan Taylor, someone you should trade for. The talent is there for Jonathan Taylor. Once again, he's just a player that hasn't really broke out yet. He's had pretty solid numbers. Um, Rushing yards, he's had 22, then 159, 68, 57, 60, along with um, pretty decent receiving numbers each week. Um, He's been pretty good with holding on to the football. He hasn't lost any fumbles yet. Um, He has three total rush touchdowns. So he's been putting up pretty above-average numbers. However, I think that is going to change. I think this next week, well, he has a bye in Week 7, but Week 8 against the Detroit Lions, I think, is the coming-out party for Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor is really going to come out and have a huge performance on the ground against maybe a shaky Detroit Lions front. So during the bye, you could probably trade for Jonathan Taylor. He hasn't been that great, and and for the rest of the season, I think he'll be a nice running back one, running back two. We also have Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, there's not much to say about Christian McCaffrey besides he's still the best running back in the NFL. But here's the thing: people who drafted Christian McCaffrey first overall haven't gotten to play Christian McCaffrey yet. 
and and it seems like McCaffrey isn't going to come back for another two to three weeks. So people could, people or teams in fantasy that own Christian McCaffrey might have a losing record, right? Because they haven't had their best player playing. So they might be getting desperate and need wins now. And they can't afford to lose another two to three weeks. They, they need wins now. So maybe if there's a team in your league that hasn't been good at all, you can, you can give them a nice trade offer, give them maybe a good wide receiver and a good running back, and get Christian McCaffrey. And then once he comes back in two weeks, he will be the Christian McCaffrey of last year where he literally gets like 30 points per game. Um, also, some other running backs that have been pretty solid that I don't have much to say about. Uh, Aaron Jones, you can go ahead and trade for him. I think he's has a low, flo- uh, high floor where he's going to be good every week. Same with Chris Carson. Um, James Conner has sneaky, like, sneaky been really good. First week, I don't know what happened, he, whether he didn't play too much or what. Um, but since then, week two, he had 121 yards and a touchdown. Week three, he had 149 yards and a touchdown. Week four, he had a bye. Week five, he had 63 yards and a touchdown. And then week six, he had 102 yards and a touchdown. So you're seeing the trend. The Steelers are using James Conner, and they're using him as the featured back. And this is a very good Steelers team, a Steelers team that is going to be having the lead a lot. And I think they're going to be relying on James Conner to really really stretch out games and really uh, run the clock down. So um, James Conner, I think, is going to be a running back one from here on out. And my last trade for target, maybe someone that people don't know about too much, but it's Miles Gaskin, running back for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he's been getting more and more production every week. His points um, have been really good in PPR leagues. You know, he's he's getting four, five, six, seven targets a game, getting a lot of catches. And this past uh, this past week against the Jets, he had 18 carries for 91 yards, and he had four catches for 35 yards. Um, he, he only has one touchdown on the season, but I think the touchdowns are going to come. He has a pretty easy schedule coming up after the bye. He's playing L.A., uh, Arizona, then the Chargers, then the Jets, Bengals. Um, Miles Gaskin is maybe a sneaky guy who you need at your flex position. And you can go out and trade a wide receiver maybe for Miles Gaskin. And in a PPR league, Miles Gaskin has a really high floor and is going to be getting you 10 plus, 15 plus points per game. So that is it for my trade for targets. Now we're on to the weekly waiver wire targets. Of course, every Tuesday. I go out and tell you guys who you should be picking up off the waiver wire, people who aren't uh, on any teams in your league, um, people that you can add for free. Okay. So my first waiver wire target is Trey Burton. Uh, he put up 18 points this past weekend for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, this was his first game activated, and it looks like uh, it looks like he's the tight end to have in Indianapolis. I know Mo Ali Cox has had a decent amount of, of touchdowns. However, um, now that we see, now that we see um, Trey Burton and uh, he had, he had a rushing touchdown, 
uh, with one yard, and then he also had 58 receiving yards and touchdown. So a two-touchdown performance on five targets. Uh, I think Trey Burton is worth adding in fantasy rosters. Next up, we have Boston Scott. Um, he is the Eagles' backup running back. However, however, Miles Sanders got hurt, and so it looks like Boston Scott is the running back that's going to be starting this week for Philadelphia, so you can add him onto your roster. Another player that you could possibly pick up would be Tim Patrick. Um, Tim Patrick had a solid week this week. He had 101 receiving yards, and he's had um, pretty good weeks these last three weeks. He had a 43 yards and a touchdown against Tampa Bay, then 113 yards and a touchdown against the Jets, and now he had 101 yards against the Patriots. Uh, maybe he's the wide receiver one that's going to replace Cortland Sutton for the Broncos. So you can go ahead and add Tim Patrick to your team if you're maybe lacking a wide receiver depth. And now these last two players that I think you should add on your teams have really been performing over the last two weeks. The first one is Travis Fulgham. Uh, Fulgham had a huge game last week uh, against the Steelers, and he had a pretty solid game again this week. Um, three straight weeks in a row, he's had a touchdown. So his last three weeks, and these are all against good defenses too. He had 57 yards and touchdown against the Niners defense. Then he had 152 yards and touchdown against the Steelers defense. And then he had 75 yards and touchdown against the Ravens defense. So those are top... Those are three really top-tier defenses that Travis Fulgham has gone against and produced. And this is a guy that I don't think anyone really heard of, but it's a Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver that it looks like Carson Wentz is throwing to the most. Last week he had 15 targets. This week he had 10 targets. Looks like he's getting double-digit targets every week. And he's performing really good against good teams. I think he's going to really go off when he starts playing these bad teams. And you got to hear, you have to hear these matchups that he has. Um, this week he's playing the Giants, then he's playing the Cowboys. Week 9 he has a bye, then he's playing the Giants again, then he's playing the Browns, then he's playing the Seahawks. You see the trend that he's playing against bad defenses. Travis Fulgham could be a potential league winner. And if you look towards, maybe look too far ahead... Week 16 is most teams' championship matchups. He's playing the Cowboys, who have the worst defense in the league, in the championship round. You can go ahead and even trade for Travis Fulgham, if anyone in your league has him. Because Travis Fulgham is a wide receiver one for a team that is going to be trailing in a lot of games in the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles haven't been that great this season. They only have one win. They're going to be trailing, a lot, trailing in a lot of games, and with Zach Ertz out... Wentz is going to be feeding Travis Fulgham. He's going to be giving him so many targets. You can go out and trade for Travis Fulgham if he's perhaps still on your waiver wire, which he's still available in 77.4% of leagues. You can go out and get Travis Fulgham. And that is it for my waiver wire targets. Um, well, there's one last guy that I've been saying uh, you should pick up for the last three weeks now. Uh, and that's T. Higgins. Um, it's not a new waiver wire target, but people haven't been adding him. And he had another big week uh, with 125 yards 
on six catches. He's looking like he's trending maybe towards the wide receiver one for the Bengals, so you can pick him up. And now we are getting towards the end of the podcast. Um, but before I end it, um, my World Series prediction, right? Dodgers versus Rays. The Dodgers have came close to winning multiple times, right? They lost last year in the NLCS against the Nationals. Um, And then in 2018, they lost in the World Series against the Red Sox. And then in 2017, they lost in the World Series against the Astros. Um, The Dodgers are due for a World Series ring. They are. And I think this is the best team we've seen the Dodgers have in the World Series over the past, what, five years. Um, and I know this Rays team is good. This is this is a really good pitching staff, very good bullpen for the Rays. However, the, the star power between Bellinger, Betts, obviously you have Kershaw. Dodgers have a good pen too. Um, I, I say Dodgers win in seven. That's my prediction. Dodgers win in seven. And all right, that is the end of the podcast. As always, um, shout out to anyone who has joined my podcast through other social media uh, platforms. Of course, um, I have my T-Fulse Talks platform on TikTok, which really went off. I think I had 30,000 views on my last TikTok. That's the good part. The bad part is I somehow got logged out of my account and I can't seem to get back in, which sucks. But yeah, that account has been blowing up. I had like 30,000 views on the last video. So hopefully I can somehow maybe contact TikTok support or something to get back onto that account. Also, I've been advertising this on Instagram. So if you hear from Instagram, thank you. And of course, Anchor FM, as I said before, distributes your podcasts for you. And if people are listening here from Anchor FM, uh, thank you for listening too. As always... On the Apple Podcast app, if you could go ahead and give me a five-star rating, that would be much appreciated. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, um, I should usually come out with podcasts. uh, Expect Tuesdays and around Saturdays. I know I missed this last Saturday podcast, which I'm sorry about. I was very busy. But thank you for listening, and uh, have a great day.